Story number one, A Human Nursemaid, written by Timpanzi Writes. On an alien world working for an alien family, Florence felt out of her depth. Minister Yongni Oberok had been assassinated, and the capital was a bloodbath. Native Goronias had begun pulling those damned Xenos out of their homes and places of work, killing them there and then on the streets. The news called it the start of a full-blown genocide, at least at first. The Gornians, who followed Minister Orbanak, had managed to wrestle the control of the airways from the government two days after their leader was murdered. Florence, blindsided by the killing, had been too focused on taking care of Millie, the infant daughter of the Corniac ambassador, to pay attention to the politics. She knew Minister Orbanak's xenophobic rhetoric had increased since she arrived, but she never realized it had gotten this bad. Keep her head down and get her job done, that's what her father had told her before she left, and she kept that in her heart. Florence did her best to be a good nursemaid to Millie. Despite being from a completely different planet, the infant girl loved her. She could feel it. She could love Millie in return. All the stuff on the TV, this was bigger than her. This was a whole planet stuff. It was other people's job to deal with this stuff. She was just going to take care of Millie. That was her job. Carrying Millie out of the room, she continued rocking her to sleep in her arms, trying to push the horrible images from her mind. The rest of the planet's family had stayed glued to the TV, watching and waiting to see what was going to happen next. Unfortunately for all of them, the Corniac ambassador, Mr. Cattell, had returned to his home system for an urgent meeting regarding the collapsing relations between his people and the Gornians. He'd left his whole family behind. People were traveling off-planet at unprecedented levels over the past couple weeks. Ambassador Cattell had wanted to take his family with him, including Florence, which made her feel incredibly grateful, but it was impossible to find enough seats for all of them. Gasps came from the other room, quickly followed by sobs and Sergeant Cattell running out of the room. Florence quietly tried to signal him without waking Millie, but the eldest Cattell's son kept running in his military uniform. Florence's indecision of what to do next was quickly resolved as the remaining members of the family rushed out into the hallway and headed up the stairs. What happened? Florence asked Mrs. Cattell. Is everything all right? We're leaving Florence, she said between rushed breaths. I need you to get all of Millie's outing stuff, as much as you can fit in her day bag. Also, grab anything you think you'll need. I'll get your credentials when I grab all of ours. Florence tried to ask what was happening, but Mrs. Cattell cut in. Please, Florence, I need you to do this. Mrs. Cattell paused for a moment and lovingly caressed her daughter's head before getting back to business. Quickly, go! Nodding, Florence hurried up the stairs as fast as she could without waking Millie. Mrs. Cattell had always been kind to her, and she'd never begged Florence for anything before. Something was very wrong. Florence could hear the other three children in their rooms across the hall, packing bags when the mother came in. Mrs. Cattell berated them for packing toys and tablets, insisting that they leave them. Only the essentials were coming with them. After finished packing Millie's bag, Florence headed to her room where she was intercepted by the youngest Cattell boy, Hector. Miss Flo, he said through teary eyes, are they going to get us? Of course not, Hector. No one is going to get us. She answered by rote. 
Florence wasn't sure why they were in such a rush to leave. Surely it couldn't have gotten that bad. And then, as the afterthought, she added, Remember, Hector, we have to be the best soldier the Kornak army is protecting us. Why do you think your dad got your brother stationed here with us? Hector, Sergeant Cattell said from behind Florence, she jumped at the unexpected voice. At that, the smile that he had been starting to flower on the small boy's face vanished. Sergeant Cattell continued unhampered, finished grabbing his stuff and meet the soldiers at the back door. Hector nodded dutifully, ran up, hugged his brother's leg, and then ran off to grab other things. Turning towards her, Sergeant Cattell asked Florence a question. Every human gets basic combat and survival training before they're allowed to work on non-human planets, right? Florence nodded wordlessly, Millie still fast asleep in one of her arms. With a face as serious as an avalanche, Sergeant Cattell reached behind himself and pulled out a pistol and handed it to Florence. Take this. You might need it. Atto, I can't take a gun. She whispered, wide-eyed, gesturing with a sleeping infant in her arms. Flo, this isn't negotiable, he said, his face somehow growing even harder. I'm getting my family out of here, whatever it takes. Mom already has one, so does Yotto and Yocto. Yotto and Yocto, Florence cut in. Atto, you can't. They're not even teenagers yet. They're not old enough to... They're old enough to defend themselves from people trying to kill them. Now take the gun. Florence grabbed the gun, slowly and clumsily flipping it both sides, before sliding it into the small of her back into the sash of her dress around her waist. Sergeant Cattell turned and walked down the stairs. Florence followed her heart in the throat with a stomach in knots. Their safety was already off. At the back door, one of Atto's soldiers were peering through the small eyepiece. Yotto and Yokto stood nearby with their backpacks on, fiddling with the guns that Atto had given them. They were so preoccupied with how cool the guns were that they didn't stop to consider why they had them in the first place. Mrs. Cattell was holding Hector up by one hand. She looked a hair's breadth from panic, only managing to summon the strength to keep it together for the sake of her kids. Abruptly, shots rang out from in front of the house and everyone instinctively ducked. Florence looked to make sure that Minnie was alright and realized that she was already covering both of her ears without realizing it. Another Sergeant Cattell's soldiers came running from the front of the house where the shots had come from, blood streaming down her face. Sorry, sir, I couldn't talk them down at the gate. She reached up with a hairline and came back with a bloody hand. Looking from her hand to the commanding officer, she answered an unasked question. One of them clipped me with a brick. It's nasty out there, sir. Lawrence watched Atto look everyone over in his family. Hector was clutching at the mother's skirt, crying. Yotto and Yokto's looks of fascinations had been replaced with ones of fear and uncertainty. The hair's breath that Mrs. Cattell had been from panic had somehow managed to get even smaller. Florence couldn't even imagine what her own face looked like. She thought, unconscious, that she was caressing with his head in her arms. It's time to get out of here, Sergeant Cattell said. We're going with a three-point formation with me taking lead. Mom, Flo, keep the kids in the middle. Yocto, open the door on my account and then get behind Flo. Florence nodded and started gathering the children to stand in between the soldiers. Absent-mindedly, she pulled the wool hat over her bag and put it on Millie's head. It wasn't freezing outside, but it was still cold. Sergeant Cattell stood facing the soldier who'd been looking through the eyepiece. Both their rifles were pointed at the ground. Anto did a quick check, making sure that everyone was ready, and nodded to Yocto. 
Yocto flung the door open and Atto and the other soldier darted through the opening and crossing each other. They opened fire almost immediately. Everyone ducked again. Let's go, Atto shouted back into the house. At nearly the same time, the front door crashed open and the bloodied soldier behind Florence spun and opened fire at the intruders. Mrs. Cattell and the children were frozen in place, except Millie, who finally woke up screaming, trying to climb the infant. Florence pushed everyone forward with her free hand out into the cold, dark night. Barely visible gonions were flooding into the backyard from either side of the house. The bright muzzle flashes blotted out parts of the Florence's vision. Between the shouting mob, gunfire and crying baby, she could hardly hear anything. Darting forward, the members of the ambassador's household, she ran over the lawn towards the forest at the back of the property. The soldier, with a gash on her head, stumbled backward over her own feet and onto the ground. In a flash, she was on one knee, but still a little unsteady. The Mogulganians were upon her before she managed to fire off more than half a dozen shots. Her screams pierced through the rest of the sound, filling Florence's ears. Hearing his team members' cries, the other soldier, with Sergeant Cattell, stopped retreating and started advancing on the mob, firing wildly at the thickest part of the mob where his friend had been swallowed whole. Running through the entire club before he reached the Gornaeans, he started using his rifle as a club. He attacked them with a way that only someone trained in combat can do against untrained opponents. To Florence's horror, one of the Gornaeans went the long way around, getting past his defenses and ran him through with a gardening shears. At the tree line, Sergeant Cattell slowed. Mrs. Cattell ran past him and quickly squeezed her free hand, pulling her to a stop. She said something to her that Florence couldn't hear over the clamor. Mrs. Cattell's hair breath was gone. She started crying. Sergeant Cattell turned back towards the oncoming mob, opening fire, dropping one Gornayan for every shot he took. Keep running, he shouted over his shoulder. Yotta, Yokta, protect Hector and Mom. Shoot anyone that follows you. His family just stood there, listening to what their brother, their son, had just said, and realizing what it meant. Noticing his family had slowed, he abruptly shouted angrily, Run! Flo, get them out of here! Florence was about to shout when she was shoved hard from behind. Tumbling down, she spun to protect Millie. Taking the brunt of the impact with the ground on her back, she rolled a few times on the ground, losing a grip of Millie in the process. She was hurt, badly, but her mind threw that to the side. She needed to find Millie. Scrambling up, she looked back to where she had been pushed, Ogunayan walking up to where Millie laid crying on the ground, lifting a shovel above his head. Florence, on all fours, grabbed whatever was beneath her hands and threw at both hands at the Gornayan. She didn't wait to see that how hard she'd hit him. Desperately looking for, her eyes fell on a large rock, too large for her to normally lift. She grabbed in one hand and leapt forward. The Gornayan was brushing dirt and leaves from his face when she reached him and swung the rock with the weight of her entire body. The Gornayan's skull craved in at the same time as the shoulder tore. She dropped to her knees, clutching her shoulder in pain. A cry cut through her pain, and she turned to see Millie, safely lying on the ground behind her, as though someone had softly placed it on the forest floor. Florence picked up the infant with a good arm, and then turned to see the rest of the Cattell family in disarray. Somehow, a few Ghanaians had made it into the forest around Atto and attacked them. Yotto was kneeling over Yokto, who was lying motionless on the ground. 
The not yet teenage grasped the pistol with white knuckles and still shaking. She shot an approaching Gornayan that Florence hadn't noticed before, taking an aim and another and firing again. Bile filled Florence's mouth upon seeing this one sweet girl kill two people without hesitation. Tears starting to form before Florence noted Hector trying to hug his mother on the ground and his mother trying to push him away. Neither of them saw the Gornayan approaching from behind. Panic filled Florence as another shot rang out from Yotto's pistol and the Ghanaian in the opposite direction. With a flash of realization, Florence transferred Midi to her bad arm. She thought she heard some more tearing from the weight, but she pushed it to the back of her mind. She didn't have time. Putting the gun out from her sash, she aimed at the Ghanaian and pulled the trigger. Waiting only long enough to make sure that she killed him, she spun around seeing three more Ghanaians approaching. She killed each one in turn. Shuffling over to Yotto, she tried to pull off her dead brother, but Yotto jerked away. Florence only noticed the bone sticking out of Yotto's leg. She wasn't going anywhere. Fighting back tears, she went over to Hector and Mrs. Cattell, who were still trying to push her small son away. Leaning down, Florence put the gun back in her sash and picked up Hector. Young man, she said, trying to desperately stop her voice from breaking. Your mother told you to go, and that's exactly what you're going to do. Hector went to complain, but Florence shut it down before it started. Say bye to your mother, she said, struggling. We'll see her when we get back. As Hector said bye and climbed up Florence's back, Mrs. Cantal mouthed thank you to Florence, eyes full of tears and chest covered in blood. Florence turned towards the forest, Millie in one arm and Hector being held in piggyback with her other. She could hear the Gunnayans overtaking at her behind her. Thinking about her survival training, she started to run. When all else was lost, run. Nothing can run as fast as a human. She had to keep Hector and Millie safe, whatever it took. End of part one.